0: Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and nutrition professor of about 15 years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder.
1: And this is Phil Stevens. I am a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, future heavyweight boxer. Um, (laughs) high run Strength Guild and USSF. This
2: is John Mike here. I am uh, two weeks out from defending my doctorate, and I'm a team team member and columnist for EliteFTS.com, and I love food.
0: Right. All right. You know, for people who aren't familiar with a defense, when John mentions this stuff, this builds up over months, right? You do your dissertation and oh, it, years,
2: really years
0: <laughs> well, for sure, and this right. is a, a ongoing study, you know, roughly a year, year two, sometimes three, God, for data collection, that sort of stuff, and it all comes to a head, and it's like this tribunal you know where they just sit in front of you and throw questions at you, and usually it's. Although it can be a little nerve-wracking, you know, if you're good, you know, you set up your study well, you know what you're doing, and they'll ask you about how your results relate to others, or a lot of methodology questions, why do you measure this, and how do you measure it, and, you know, that sort of stuff, so, um, yeah, I, uh, got back when I did mine, it was all the way back in 2000, but I was such a nerd, I brought in endocrinologists from, you know, biologists, exercise physiologists, and just in some ways it made it harder on me, but it was good to get other perspectives too. So um, I don't know, John, do you just, you have mostly people from your department or what, who's your outside of department uh, judge? There? We
2: actually, um, well, it, it, your committee really depends on what you're really doing for your actual study. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. three, three of my committee members are, you know, from our UNM faculty. And and one of them is just from an outside department. Um, she usually serves as a big liaison for, uh, people on our, you know, graduate students for, for their defenses. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't have a specific nutritional control, you know, for my study, but you know, we did give them a food log and things like that. So, um, but I, I do have a really good committee and they've all been, you know, very, very supportive. And, and, um, so you know, I'm looking forward to it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, typically doctor defenses, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, it, it builds up over, you yeah. know, like several years. Like, I mean, it's been almost two and a half years since I came back to Albuquerque to, to finish. So, um, I mean, I I got my study. I mean, after the long, long IRB delay, which which almost never happens any really to anybody, or, or even in most schools. By the time I started my study, the, by, the, by the time I ended it, um, it was four, only four months, and I and I got thirty people finished completely in, in about four months. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, which is which is typically. Um, it's very very impressive um, because you usually don't hear people finishing thirty people in, in four months. We actually would have had forty, um, but but ten people just um, stopped showing up and you know non compliance type of thing. But yeah, you learn lessons. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a bit yeah, it's a big deal. But um, I mean, I think the the hardest part for me was um, the actual writing up the results section and then going through the stats. Um, but uh, I mean, we, we we have a great study. I mean, we really do. It's 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 the very first study that's ever been done on uh, looking at um, the effects of eccentric contraction duration on uh, muscle strength, power production, and vertical jump and soreness. So, you know, other, there's been other studies that have been very similar. There's There's been so much stuff on comparing uh, eccentric and concentric, but no one has actually looked at um, comparing the varying durations of eccentric only and keeping the concentric the same. So, um, you know looking at two, four or six second Eastern contractions, we used to squat, and um, we got some really good results. Um, I mean everybody's one RM went up throughout, the, throughout every group. Um, there was no interaction effect for in each group, but uh, hmm. power production went up, peak power, peak, um, uh, peak power and average power. The two second and four second went up in peak velocity, but the six second actually went down in peak velocity. A vertical jump went up in every group and then soreness um you know initially went up and then it, then it went down so can i yeah. summarize
0: so yeah. if you're if you're gonna tell someone you know in like three sentences what happened would you say that a four second negative right eccentric contraction lengthening contraction is maybe best for a combination of velocity strength et cetera? is that too simple um
2: I, I, I want to say that would, that would be okay, but we don't really know at this point in time. We don't really know which eccentric, specific eccentric duration is, is best for a 1RM or power or velocity. We just know that all of them go up for, for e- either one of
0: them. And that in itself is cool, right? Because now you're actually showing the eccentric stuff really does translate into concentric performance, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and typically, traditionally, there's been a lot of studies in the past that... Have gone on to to compare um, like super slow eccentric versus slow concentric and mm-hmm. and so typically I don't really for my study alone I really don't see any need whatsoever to go more than six second eccentric contraction um, just because I don't feel like there there really is um, uh, it doesn't really there's no transferability mm-hmm. uh, much to concentric speed and concentric types of strengths right. you know so.
0: You but know, you didn't look um, at growth, did you? you like because time no, under tension yeah. and all that, you know.
2: No, we didn't look at hypertrophy and that's something that, that we could most definitely do for future studies. So.
0: Yeah, maybe we could do that together. Well, everybody Absolutely. anyway. So the big thing is will defense, you know, defend against this. Now, a lot of the people on your committee to varying degrees they will help you themselves. You know what I mean? So they oh, yeah. they have a right to grill you and you you probably have an idea what they're going to say to you. You know, they're not against right. you really. They're just very harshly, not harshly, but neutrally, you know, making sure everything was really good. And this is why sometimes I get upset when people say, oh, academics, that's not the real world. It's like, you have to continually test and prove yourself. I mean, to put it in athletic terms, it'd be like preparing for a meet for two, two years, you know? Uh, And then defense day is like the day of the meet or the show, you know, you have to step up. And if you don't, you fail and you don't get your PhD. So it's not yeah, I mean, like you yeah, know.
2: Typically, I mean, by the by the time in our program, it, it's always been very, very um, good and successful. You know, by the time you get around to the defense, I mean, it's not like they're gonna you know say, oh well, sorry, you got you had to do this again. I mean, you've done you've done so much work, you know. But but it's just, I mean, everybody knows about the study, so it's not like they're just totally you know blind to it. But. Right. Uh, it's it'll go good i mean i'm not not oh it will it will
0: yeah okay so um let's get to some news and then after the break today everyone we're going to uh do something we've done similar episodes i think one was called stuff we like uh but this isn't so much just stuff this is uh favorite things so we're going to talk about some of our favorite stuff places to train not just gyms but where within a gym you know um food places to psych yourself up or cool your jets Uh, Just stuff, you know, that are our favorite. So let me get to some of the news real quick. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Uh, I was actually surprised this past week. Uh, I got this. I don't really get on Twitter that much, uh, but probably more than Facebook. I would really never get on Facebook, by the way, for people who listen unless I'm on the Iron Radio sort of listener board. But... um, I got this thing that, oh, the NSCA is now following you. And then I went over to those guys, um, you know, that's a good source of information, good person to, you know, or a group to network with. And I see that they've reprinted my fat article, Dietary Fat and Performance.
2: Yeah, I saw that.
0: You know, it's fun when they do that because you get hundreds of likes and retweets and shares. And, you know, uh, when you write something as big as a textbook chapter, I love that they're doing this. It's called Kinetic Select. So to go take some of these different book chapters and material, and I quite liked this chapter actually because I was talking about medium chain triglycerides, and I think how some people have missed the boat for those, you know, because back in the eighties and nineties, people were like, "Oh, MCTs—that's something that you kind of feed along with your Gatorade to an endurance athlete," and oh, it didn't really work because you, by the time you got a twenty-five or thirty gram dose, it gave you diarrhea, but. No offense, but to heck with the endurance guys. I'm interested in them as being a clean burning calorie source. you know. And you yeah. do see those in weight gainers now. I think the muscle milk stuff has them. The heavyweight gainer 900 has them. Uh, so anyway, there's some interesting stuff in there. Of course, it's very literature review based. you know. So if you're looking for lots of fun, it might be a little dry. But it's cool that they reprint that stuff. Um, listener mail. I've got a couple here. This first one, um, let's see. This is a question that all of us can weigh in on. Uh, He emailed uh, Fortress through the ironradio.org homepage. He said, uh, hello, how is everybody doing? My name is Frank. I was hoping you would be able to help me out with this question I have. I'm 38 years old. I've been lifting since I was 15. I currently weigh 215. I have weighed as much as 240 and as little as 180. My question is this. Even at a low body weight of 180 pounds, I still can't get rid of chest fat. Uh, there always seems to be just a little bit that gives me an off look. My thinking is I can go lower in body weight you know, so to get rid of it, but it isn't worth it. I say that because I get so weak and I like being strong. I must say... I did have gyno when I was a teenager, but surgically removed, etc. cetera. Um, can I get rid of this chest fat without having to get so small and weak is my question. Thank you in advance, uh, and you're welcome to share this on the podcast. Hopefully, you guys will have some input. I don't know. Phil, what about you? If someone were to come to you and say, I, you know, he's carrying regional fat like that. And he has to get 30 pounds under his pre- preferred weight to get rid of it. I don't know. What do you think about
1: this? Well, I mean, the only choice I see is getting up to like two seventy, two eighty, and then coming back down to two thirty. <laughs> you know? Okay, yeah. get, get bigger. You know, the only way to be bigger and leaner is to be bigger first. You know, yeah. So if he wants to be ripped at two thirty, he needs to be two eighty, two ninety. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then come down. So and then come down. You're just not gonna. You know, if you're too fat at two ten, of course you're gonna have to be one seventy to be lean. Right. I mean, it's exactly. just that. yeah.
2: It kind of goes back to what we talked about several times before in the past. I mean, you know, a, a lot of, and this is more of a, a male thing, but it, it's the whole thing of you know, everybody wants to get really big, you know, and strong, but be really lean and ripped at, at the same time. And in the process, and I mean, unless you're on just an enormous amount of, you know, moderate to large amount of, you know, anabolics, I mean, that just that just doesn't really happen unless you're just genetically lean to begin with hey now let me clarify and then then you put on and then you put on the mass
0: let me clarify though this is chest specific this seems to be a specific body part now let me i'll throw this out and maybe i'm overthinking this because that's what i do but maybe that's why this works you know because i'll but uh, to me i think if you're carrying a lot of fat and it's specifically on your trunk your chest your gut um Hormonally, I start thinking about cortisol, right? Mm-hmm. Because like Cushing syndrome, those patients have way too much cortisol and they get fat in their trunk and their arms and legs are actually quite lean. So I don't really know what to say as far as that goes. I mean, there's a couple of nutritional things you could do. You know, mm-hmm. take some moderate to higher dose fish oils, like seven grams a day with the fish oils. Uh, sip some carbs at Gatorade while you're training that tends to keep cortisol levels down during long training sessions. Don't overdo the coffee. If you're drinking six, eight, ten cups of coffee a day, that's going to crank up your cortisol. So there might be uh, some minor effect if you could calm the cortisol. But like I said, that's, you know, sometimes it's just an individual thing. I've known people in bodybuilding and I'm sure you guys have seen this too. Uh, in order to get fat off of a stubborn area. Often it's like the lower belly, you know, mm. but sometimes with guys it's their obliques. Um, they've almost got to be shredded, you know, mm-hmm. like striations yeah. up their triceps yeah. before their gut ever goes away, you know.
2: Yep. I was just going to say, I mean, a lot of times there's people that have more regional fat distribution in, in, in certain places than, than do others. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I mean, I'm not going to say lean, but I'm, I, I have less regional fat distribution in my lower body. You know that I do on my upper body I mean and, and that kind of brings me to the other point I was going to bring up about this guy you know maybe he needs to do you know work on his upper body strength more and maybe do some additional hypertrophy work mm-hmm. to build up some extra lean tissue uh, you know in his upper chest or you know just to make it look or better or whatever mm-hmm. yeah to make it look just to make it look better just to be more um, evenly distributed in terms of lean body mass so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, you kind of see it all the time. I mean, when somebody leans down, it's you generally naturally lean down from the extremities inward. You know, generally your arms and legs get lean before your trunk does. Yeah. It just, just happens that way. I mean, mm-hmm. I think one big point of that is your freaking limbs are moving around all the time. There's a lot of blood flow to them. Um, you know, so, I mean, the fat around them just goes away. Your body doesn't want to move around a, a 100-pound arm. <laughs> you know, it right, wants that yeah. thing to be lighter. Mm-hmm. So... Um, whereas, you know, you're also protecting vital organs and stuff like that. I mean, so
0: right. Yeah, that's why we carry that extra armor around our trunk. But, you know, I once wrote an article about the possibilities of spot reduction. And mm-hmm. some people overread that, because if you read my articles on that kind of stuff, it's, they sound edgy. And sometimes there's evidence, right, that you can actually see, uh, like with microdialysis, more. Lipolysis, you know, more fat mobilization in specific areas that you work. I remember Corey Everson, the, you know, previous oh, yeah. Miss Olympia, she used to say, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fat hates physical activity, was the way that she said that in simple terms. Now, is that going to be a big deal? No. That's probably finishing stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the point of sort of bringing up that spot reduction was like if you get a bodybuilder and he's shredded, you know, he's down around. I don't know five percent fat, he's six percent fat, he's heading towards serious competition. I really do think you know your bodybuilders talk about posing to squeeze out that last little bit of water or lean up or harden up areas. I think you know in minute degrees, you can in fact do some mm-hmm. of that in this situation i don't know. it sounds like he's just carrying that extra fat and i don't know i I understand what he's saying, right because if this makes you feel any better, buddy, last time I competed. Uh, it was the warm up show so i was almost ready and the guy said you just look like you're about you know 2 weeks out and i said well i am you know this is a warm up yeah. show And he goes oh well that i'm you know okay but at the same time i thought to myself i'm standing there i was probably about 6% fat 5 6% mm-hmm. fat you know i've got striations up my quads and stuff and and i'm thinking i refuse to go below 190 I, mm-hmm. I just refuse. You know, I'm five nine and to me that's just too small. So mm-hmm. if you want me to be that emaciated, you know, and I don't mean to be politically incorrect, but that sort of prison camp kind of starved I will not do that, right? This mm-hmm. is body building. And when you're down around five, six percent fat, damn it, that's lean. And I think mm-hmm. we need to be careful because the judging standards they use for amateurs, um, They're taking like these pro standards, right? And the pro standards include growth hormone, you know, and some pretty, you know, pharmaceutically amazing stuff. And you can't take Mm -hmm. those same rules and apply them to the amateurs that are on less or no performance enhancing meds, Mm -hmm. you know, and say, we expect you to be this lean because I would have to diet down to like 170 pounds. That that thought makes me shudder. That's that's ridiculous. I will not do it, you know. And and that's what I suggest with this guy. I mean, I I feel you, man. <laughs> I feel you, brother. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't think I would do that either. So I like I like what both you guys said. Beef up and then rip down, or build some mass on your pec. Just focus mm-hmm. on mass because if you're if you're truly thick through your traps and front delts and pecs, I think people aren't going to really focus on the fat that much. You're just going to mm-hmm. look huge. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Here's another one. Um, I'm guessing this is more for you guys because these, these two are not my sports. But uh, this guy, this is addressed to Rob, but he says, Hey, Rob, uh, it's been almost a year since my first powerlifting meet. This year, I decided to take on my first strongman competition. I dropped weight, trained most of the year at 240 to 250, and I competed at 231 uh, in the lightweight novice division. Is that right? 231 is lightweight? yep yeah Yeah, 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 absolutely there's a big boys in strongman um (laughs) this was hudson valley strongman presents the lift for autism 2015 the event raised over eight thousand dollars for an autism society that's awesome for the hudson valley autism society um this is a cause near to me because for the past few years my wife has worked with autistic children um here he says i didn 't place top three, but I kicked some serious ass, especially on the yoke and sandbag run. John, can you explain to people? I know you guys both know this, but tell everybody what what 's the yoke slash sandbag run well
2: typically a yoke is uh, a, a, a implement that um, it 's almost if you can, if you can picture just um, picking up a squat, um, or excuse me, picking up, picking up a squat off oh guys too early for me. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's actually, if you can just imagine being in a squat rack and having, you know, just say three 15, four or pounds, you know, you, 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 get it up off the rack and then you hold it and then you just actually walk with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can kind of imagine, um, doing that, um, that's what a yoke is. Obviously it's, it's built, you know, arms, you know, with, with metal and stuff, and it can hold an enormous amount of weight. Um, there's, there, there's a little bit of technique to the yoke, but not as much as uh, some of the other strongman events. And then sandbag is just um, typically you can get them from. It depends on where you get them from, but most of the sandbags come from a uh, company called IronMind. Um, and then you can also buy like smaller sandbags. I mean, if, if you're in a fitness facility, I mean, you're not going to really see you know 250 pound sandbags. Um, so typically, you will uh, do a yoke. You will go down um, and walk with the yoke, you know, say 50, 60 feet or however long the distance is, and then, you know, drop the yoke, pick up the sandbag um, right then and there, and then walk back, or excuse me, uh, not really walk, but, you know, move this with the sandbag as fast as possible. And, and so for most people that that, that may not know, um, every event in Strongman is timed, and so typically the medley events are going to um, uh, uh, yield a little bit longer time to complete just because there's more um, events in a short amount of time. So typically most medley events are going to be um, three um, 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 implement events. Sometimes it's four, so you might do a yoke. You know, a sandbag and then maybe a tire flip back or something. So typically, the medley okay. events can go 60 seconds up to like 75 seconds. So the the, the faster that you complete um, the medley, then you'll 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 be in a good position to win that event.
0: So this is like a speed, strength, or strength mm-hmm. endurance kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, Phil, how do you kick ass in these events? Have you done those yourself, Phil? Yeah, move, move quickly. <laughs> okay, um, okay. Move quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's really it.
1: I've seen a lot of strong guys that can't move. So, and, mm-hmm. like, when I competed, my last show, I weighed in like, 254, and I was competing against guys that were, like, 350-plus. Yeah. And the only yeah. thing I won on was the moving events, because um, I was faster than them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they mm-hmm. killed me in the heavyweight logs and stuff like that, but I still came in, like, third because I was able to move. Um, so, I mean, that's that's where, in Strongman, it's kind of a, you have to play that, that game between strength and and still being able to be mobile and quick. So, gotcha, gotcha. And I think
2: a lot of people. I think a lot of people in Strongland make the mistake of, you know, you are lifting heavy things, and and, and every contest is different. Um, but I think some of them, some people get too bogged down with max strength and, mm-hmm. and not focusing on enough like speed work, and yeah. you know, just because you have to do a heavy ass yoga just because it's 700 pounds or whatever you don't need to do 700 pounds we've talked about this before on the show mm-hmm. you don't need to train the, the the events every week or every weekend i mean if you want to do some speed work just do an empty yoke like say 500 and just and just move and just go as fast as you can um because typically you know feels right I and mean, the faster that you can move you know you're going to be in a better position to, to win that event yeah okay. um so uh,
0: yeah let me finish the email here um it says the only regret of the day was being conservative on my deadlift. So how do you deadlift in a strongman competition? Usually um, it's an eighteen
2: inch. Yeah, usually it's eighteen inch, and in, in some oh, okay, contests, okay. Um, I've seen like deadlift medleys. Um, I think I've done a deadlift medley before. It's just you know four uh, deadlift stations, and they all go up you know uh, with incremental weights, and sometimes it's I've seen axle deadlift you know for reps. Um, and then eighteen inch deadlift, so um, okay. it just depends mm-hmm. on the contest. Every contest is different.
0: okay, N- yeah, I've only been to two strongman events in my life, actually, but um he said, I should have waited for six ten or six fifty because after five eighty, I knew I would have the heavier weights. Um, I'll get them next year. Mm-hmm. And then he says, next year, my wife also plans on competing. That's awesome. Uh, I may do a power meet sometime this summer. I haven't decided yet. Uh, it will be based on my financial standing etc um but if i do a power me i will compete at 220 or 231 instead of last year's 275 didn't jp mention that last year that like once you get certain performances at a higher weight uh one of those rules of thumb would be tried at a lower weight yeah. um, so he says still raw without knee wraps and then he even sent a link to his competition video so thank you ryan that's cool um hope all is well so there you have it it's cool to hear about people competing especially mm-hmm. cross competing like that yeah you know, good stuff. all right everybody we're gonna go to break now uh when we come back we're gonna talk about some of our favorite things Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, if you simply Google CRC Press in protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for 69 U.S. dollars. So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. Iron Radio listeners are a unique bunch. You value both in-the-trenches skills and the research and evidence that informs it. That's why, as a listener-supported show, we occasionally do funds drives to keep everything free and advancing. Did you know your donations at www.ironradio.org pay for web servers? They allow for small sponsorships of gifted competitors or students, and even partly fund research on our specific population. That's what we're asking for during the spring and early summer funds drive. Dr. Lowry, that's me, and some students are on the verge of some key discoveries involving caffeine and explosive lifts, but we need help to get the message out. If you value the authenticity, expertise, and real progress Iron Radio provides, please consider a donation. Any amount is appreciated, but if you can put forward $25 or more and email Robert Fortney at hotmail.com about it, We'll send you some behind-the-scenes audio lab notes that were recorded during data collection. They offer true insight into what research is like on barbell athletes. Thank you for considering it. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it.
1: Hi everybody, we are back and we are going to go over some of our favorite things, um, Various topics, just, you know, kind of our our favorites and and go from there. So what do you got for us, Lonnie? Right on.
0: Yeah. Let's start with you, Phil. Um, This this could be competing or lifting. Um, Favorite memory? Oh, man. My first 700 was fun
1: because I'd worked so hard for it. And um, it was kind of memorable because I... I finished the lift. I stood up, and I was literally falling over because I was back on my heels so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just stood there and smiled as I was starting to fall over. And I got the <laughs> down command, and it was like literally right after the down command, I took a step back and set the bar down so I didn't fall. And they gave it to me because I got the down command. So, you know, I I'd, I'd gotten that command to where I can move my feet now. So the timing um, was right. Yeah, it was like if they'd have waited another second, I'd have fallen on my ass. Sweet. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was pretty memorable. And then, I don't know, the other memorable things is just some of the dumb stuff I've done in the gym. Um, we work hard, but we goof off a lot. <clears throat> so there was like a time that I, I had a buddy load 225 on the bar, and then I got under him, and I put him on my shoulders and squatted him. So things like that are pretty memorable. <laughs> um, That's funny. So And, you know, we shot a video of that and things like that. So, you know, I yeah. I mean, those would be two that, that popped in my head
0: right away. I like the dumb gym stuff. We could probably do a whole episode just on silly gym yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I've got funny uh, even photos of you, Phil, goofing around in the gym. You guys are wearing tights and stuff. Yeah, and... exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Goofball. Uh, All right, John, what about you? Favorite memory, competing uh, training?
2: I'd say training. Uh, probably when I first got my first um, 300 overhead press, I was in the gym, and I was uh, I was using the regular bar. Um, This past Wednesday, I got um, 305 for two on the uh, Swiss bar or football bar. Um, And but I'd say the first time I did 300, I was I was in the other gym, one of the commercial gyms, and and um, the uh, I got like I think like three reps or whatever. And some people were some guys were standing next to me, and it's just like they were watching me. And then as soon as I got the um, did the last rep, you know, kind of racked it on my shoulders, and then put it back in the rack, and then the front of the rack. Kind of moved forward, mm-hmm. um, like off the ground, and then, um, um, and then the guys next to me, like they just like all of a sudden like started clapping. I'm like, okay, well, uh, I guess that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, nice. but yeah, that one, those, that, that, that's one that kind of stuck out. Um, and then, you know, when I first started, you know, competing um you know the 300 pound hoose fell stone um that was that was really fun it's actually a lot easier now because i've just i've just gotten a lot stronger mm-hmm. um and then, then yeah there, there's a bunch of them but uh you know 700 yoke um 700 I, I don't remember exactly what it was but it was at least 700 so it was probably maybe up to 715 um yoke and then um you know the 360 stones i've gotten the 380 off the ground but i, I haven't lapped it yet Um, So, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of them, but uh, those are probably the ones that stick out the most.
0: God, when I hear some of those numbers, I mean, mine seems so modest. Like, there's no way my joints – well, especially now that I'm a little bit older. It it almost hurts to think about walking around with a 700-pound yoke. I just can't – I can't even process that. Uh, You know what? If there's one for me, it was just a couple of years ago. The last time I competed, I had a pretty good idea that was the last time I was going to compete. You know, you're never quite sure. You got in the back of your mind like maybe one more. I don't know. But um, I'm pretty sure this was, you know, release the hounds for the last time. You know, once more into the breach, dear friends and all that. And I remember I was standing there on the stage in in Fargo, North Dakota. I drove up there by myself because I wasn't going to make my family deal with all this. But uh yeah because i was running all over the midwest you know and um i remember standing there on the stage i'm just dripping with sweat i don't think people realize when you're up there posing it is a whole body freaking workout for like two hours you know and the spotlight was on and it was it was pretty big contest and i remember i just i just kept thinking the back of my mind this is it right this is that feeling that you train for so long to feel you know you just feel like a superstar you're a fucking rock star you know because the crowd's big you're getting called out and you know that that makes you feel good nobody wants to stand in the back with the other 20 guys and not be brought up for call outs you know if you're brought up and you're compared to other people that means you're gonna place you know and i just remember standing there sweating and just it just feels really good uh the level of sort of appreciation you know the, the crowd's clapping and stuff and you're sweating the spotlights are on you and i think that's exactly the bug that bites the bodybuilders it's that little taste of almost like low level of fame you know you're you're 15 minutes in the in the spotlight so just literally you know and i remember just thinking this is ground zero i mean this is it and with all the competition going around me i found it almost odd that i I had the wherewithal to think that, you know what I mean? It, like I said, maybe it's cause I knew I was at the time I was 43 years old. Probably the last time I'm going to do it, I'm competing against 20 year olds and I'm thinking this is it, you know? Mm-hmm. So competing wise, that was, that's something that I'll, I'll remember fondly. I think training wise, you know what I remember is all the way back when I was a masters student, um, squatting four Oh five for a 14. I remember doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot i am like i said i'm not a big person you know and it's just one of those things where you you put the headphones on in fact that's when i probably about the time i started listening to jane's addiction 3 days is the name of this tune it slowly builds up over like it's like a 13 minute song and it became my squat tune cuz you just go somewhere else like mentally you're just on a journey to valhalla you know what i mean and uh yeah i still remember that cuz i've never been performance oriented but as far as weight times volume um damn you know cuz i'm not the kind of person like fortress rob can do ridiculous things like 10 sets of 10 with 315 and then do it again next week i can't do that you know if i if i do weight times volume like that i'm i'm just not heavily built you know i'm devastated for like 2 weeks afterwards so maybe i overdid it but that's something i remember all right phil back to you uh, favorite place to ramp up for the gym for the gym, for
1: training, you know well, I always do it right here on the show, <laughs> oh, I guess you I do train Saturdays <laughs> you know? so um, and Saturdays is purposely like my my hardest day, so when you know, we usually come on here and talk shop, and then I'll go you know drink some kind of caffeine beverage and get something to eat and head over, so I mean that's probably it I mean I'm when I'm really getting ramped up, I'm different than a lot of people. I'm not real loud. I don't want people around me yelling at me. Like, yeah, me too. I get, I get quiet, and I walk away, and I want to be alone. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, it's awesome because my wife understands that. So if we're at meets and stuff, she'll come up right before, you know, she knows it's time for me to warm up and give me a hug, tell me good luck, and then she leaves me the hell alone. And it's like, just get away from him. And, you know, mm-hmm. I get in my own little place. And it's like, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to look at you. You know, just mm-hmm. let me do this. And I just get lost in my own head. You know, it's just me and the weight. It's like, okay, time time to do this. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll crank on some music and just go at it. Yeah, but, I can identify yeah. with that. Yeah. So, it's that solo, yeah, yeah. solo thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm just annoyed by people that, like, yell at me and stuff. Oh, right. And it's like, shut up. Just leave me alone. Yep, yep. <laughs> so... Um, John, what about
2: sometimes, you? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, the, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I at the, one of the gyms that I go to, the uh, you know, powerlifting strongman gym. You know, sometimes we, I mean, we we'll, we've all done this, so it's not like you know, none of us are mean to it, but we've all got caught up in, you know, in talking between sets and things like that, and you know, and sometimes I, I felt by, by doing that sometimes too often or too much during a training session, it um, kind of derails your focus a little bit, depending on what you're doing that day. So. Uh, I, I'm like Phil. I just kind of like a ramp up but I don't like to talk I don't like to you know you know be very social you know if you if you wanted to put a word to it um so I, i'm I'm very similar um but uh, I, you know i like i always have coffee and you know, before I train we've talked about that a lot on, on, on the yeah, show yeah. um I, I typically drive to the gym and you know, wear my headphones um listen to blast some heavy tunes and then drink coffee at the same time and um so uh yeah I think we, we, there's we, we've all we're very similar, you
0: know, in that regard. So, um, yeah, it's funny because when you compete, you know, I'm just talking about how bodybuilders are a little bit like, um, they're almost, you're almost extroverted when you're on stage in a sense, but training to me is more introverted. And when I say introverted, I don't mean socially anxious or anything, just like Phil said, like get the hell away from me. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the only time I listen to heavy metal really. Yeah. And, so I'm dr- there's something about all these cues, you know, like you drink the coffee. Like you said, John, you listen to your your worn out, well-worn, but appreciated metal tunes. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I'll do that at home. I'll continue to do it in the car. You know, if you got a nice little 20-minute drive to the gym or something, that helps too. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. But All right. What about favorite place to train? And I don't just mean facility because, like, for Phil, that's a no-brainer probably. But – um favorite place to train or even within the gym is there like a station in the gym where you just like it best
2: um i would say the gym and i train at now i go to two gyms one's more of a commercial facility but i mean if i go there um after my warm-ups and stuff i mean the first the first place i go to is a squat rack i mean that's almost like a no-brainer um or if i'm deadlifting uh, go to the deadlift platform uh, at the other gym that i go to so i mean it, it, you know when you're at a, when you're at a facility that just has so much awesome stuff um it it doesn't i don't know if you have like a favorite place that that you want to go to it's like whatever you're doing that day that's your favorite place Mm -hmm. at that particular time in that particular you know moment with whatever it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. so um you know but as far as like facilities um i would have to say that um the elite fts s4 compound is probably my favorite place you know, to train I've, I've trained there about three times and um, it's not a people have always asked I me mean, is is it a uh, you know what's the gym membership there I'm like well there's really no membership um mm-hmm. it's not it's not a, it's not a public place and those, those you know team members can go there uh, you know whenever they want a lot of people have a key but it, it's not it's probably um it's like one of those mecca places very similar to um, the uh, gym in Arlington, Texas, where, you know, Ronnie Coleman, you know, used to train. And um, so those are probably, you know, my favorite places, you know, to, to train. i am mean, not trained at some of the other gyms before, but oh, those yeah. are probably oh, um, yeah. the, the top places. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. Man, for me, of course, a deadlift platform, but yeah. um, I don't know. I used to hate squatting for a long time. And I think a lot of it was because my hip and then I just forced myself to do it. And, I forced myself to get out of a power rack, too. Like, I used to love power racks. Now I hate them. Um, there's something about, like, getting in our monolift, lift. Yeah. With, with the straps off of it and just backing up and squatting. And people are like, man, you should have the straps on there. It's not safe. And it's like, that's part of it for me. That's part of the squat for me. It's like, I have to make this or I'm getting crushed. You know? Yeah. There's no choice. Yeah. It's like, and that's one thing about the squat that it's like, you just, you have to, you got to make it. You know? Or this, you got... 500 600 700 pounds coming down on you and and i like that feeling of you know you're gonna do this or you're in trouble uh um, i agree and then as far as places I, man training in chiang mai thailand was amazing um i can't I can't put that down enough um just being in the you know basically the foothills of the himalayas and seeing monkeys and crap all around and training was was pretty awesome and then places Wild. like super training and you know up there with mark bell and jesse burdick and, you know, over at Jesse Burdick's place was, was a lot of fun too. So, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to travel all around the, the country and the world. So, um, yeah, I, I love stepping out of my environment and that's like, even now I love my gym, but if I'm going for PRs or something, I usually leave and go somewhere else yeah, and get out of that home environment because mm-hmm. it's too comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I turn it more like a meet. at a meet, It's like, okay, it's serious. Now I got to do this. Like it's time to turn it on. So, um, I can get that same feeling by going visiting, you know, I'll go down to, to JP and and Ben's gym. And it's like, okay, I'm here just for Maxis. And it's like, oh, this is an event now.
0: So stuff like that. You know what you said about the danger element in the squat that brings up a memory for me too. I think I mentioned this long ago, but I used to do what I called midnight strap squats. I was a keg Mm -hmm. boy at an amusement park in the summer. And you know, that'll wear you down. You're sweating all day. Mm -hmm. It's 90 degrees. You're hauling kegs around and, and again, you know I'm a five nine person you know I'm not this giant dude. that's hard for me to do that and then i was- I'd get so pissed off that my it was eating up my training I was losing weight and so i would I'd go to the gym by myself. I had the key you know I worked there like on weekends, and I would use wrist straps and I'd strap myself to the bar and i either Made the the lifts, you know, um, the designated number of reps, or I killed myself. Yes, yeah. you know, yeah. and there is an element to that. Not only no spotter, I'm strapped to that effing bar. Yes, you know, and that'll make you squat. <laughs> so yeah,
2: you know, Phil, that was that was interesting you said about um, you know the mono and not using the, the, the safety straps. And um, sometimes I'll back out if I use the mono. Sometimes I'll kind of back it out a little bit. Most mm-hmm. of the time I don't. Most of the time I don't. um, uh, and then there's been several times here, you know, recently in the last like few months or whatever, that I, I won't use the safety straps because mm-hmm. just like you said, I mean, I don't, I, I, it's psychologically, it makes you want it more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You gotta um, get serious. And so, yeah, exactly. So, um, sometimes I don't even use the straps. I, I'm not going to go out and, you know, just a kind of a disclaimer, we're not saying that, you know, don't use any safety Thank cars you. when you're in a market. Right. We're saying, <laughs> you know, that's, that's for, you know, advanced and, and really elite lifters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you have to just know your, I mean, you got to know your limitations yes. and know, you know, where to fall within that. So right. not recommend. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, exactly. I I've done that a few times the last, you know, a few months. And it, it's like, it, it's, um, it kind of opens up your mind a little bit Saying, well, I need to get this damn thing. Cause otherwise, you know you're you're in deep shit. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, yeah. And it doesn't really matter like how much weight it is. It could be three hundred and fifteen, or it could be you know five hundred and sixty. But mm. the, that, that's the that's the point we're trying to get across. Yeah. And, and like
0: okay, you said, yeah. you got to know your limits yeah. with that. Yeah. If you do know your limits, yeah. yeah, you're putting something on there that's it's a little scary, but yeah. it's not like foolish. Yeah, you
1: know? you're not going to go. hey, I'm going to go for a fifty pound pier and walk this thing out four feet and carry <laughs> right, it. Right. You know, it's like no, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so all right, let's keep moving down the list here. Um, Phil let's go with you favorite place to cool your jets like after training
1: at home on my couch man I'm getting old and like people make fun of me and my wife because we just don't leave the house anymore it's like I come to my, <laughs> my compound and I can just sit here and hang out you know mm-hmm. and you know, that's, that's it man I just come sit on my couch watch some TV and eat some food and chill out <laughs> you know just be around yeah. my family where I can relax so yeah what about you john
2: uh yeah i say after training typically i just get in my car and just kind of sit for a few minutes gather thoughts and um you know go back to the house and there's there's just something about walking into your house when you're done with training or however good or a bad day it may be um and just you know having quiet time and you know relative silence or just sitting on the couch and um you know no radio no tv and um you just kind of um it's like one of those things to where when you're building up for like a contest, especially post-contest, I think that's where a lot of people really get hurt and injured is post-contest because psychologically they're still prepping for like a meet. So, you know, when when you can go back and just kind of chill psychologically, then you can start to really facilitate, you know, the recovery process mm-hmm. and things like that. So, um, yeah, just, just uh, I think the worst thing you can do is like after training and just you know, just be around more craziness and loud stuff. Right. <laughs> you know?
0: I like what you said about just turn everything off. That's, that's a really good idea. I do something similar. I, yeah. When I get done training, in fact, we're talking about favorite memories and stuff. I remember once I, I got down to the gym, I was squatting, and I go out to my car and I fill out my workout log. I do that in my car on purpose. I'll either put on really sort of meditative, calm music or nothing. You know, and I just sit there and I fill it out because it takes me like 15 minutes to write down everything that I just did, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I still remember I got done squatting. I was out there standing by my car and it was very cool, you know, here in Ohio, it's want to do that. And there was steam coming off my traps, my t shirt soaked, you know what I mean? And oh. it's just sort of hit me that how hard you work when you're in the gym, you know, mm-hmm. and then you plop down in the car and it's, it's so quiet and you just fill something out. That kind of gives me something before I even go home. To the relative chaos of the family, yeah. you know, because even though you're, you want to go home and they're not a stressor at all, that little moment of psych alone, quiet time, I think is really, really good. You know, um, it's funny, but these days I'll literally just, I'll go plop my, my wife and I call it the big bed. We just go plop, plop down in the, you know, the bed and I'll watch something super calm on TV, you know, even literally like just a fireplace off of YouTube or something. It, yeah. Just stare at the wall, sort of, you know. Yeah. But okay, um, I know we're all fans of eating, so uh, back to you, Phil. Favorite mass gain food or supplement, and then we might as well throw in favorite fat loss food or supplement. God. That's tough, Jeez. man.
1: That's tough. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a buffet of any kind. You know, yeah, it oh, matter. cheater. That's. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, you know, if you go to, like, a Chinese buffet, Chinese ones are great because now they have, like, pizza and everything else at them. Yeah, they do, yeah. no matter what, you can get whatever you want. And you can actually eat pretty good at those places. Um, You can. Vegetables, you know. Yeah, dollar for dollar. I mean, that's, I don't know how they make money. Not for people like you. Most people aren't as big as us. (laughs) So, um, but, yeah, that's the easiest way to do it, man. Just go in and and fill it up. But, uh, yeah.
2: And what do you do, I do I buffet, yeah, buffet for sure and then i'm also a big fan of just really good burgers man I mean, yeah. Just just bring on the just bring on the burden i'm not talking about you know the the, the diners driving and dives you know seven right, story tall burgers yeah i'm not talking about those but just um, just really good just burgers with just you know some healthy fats avocados onions and stuff like that. i mean i could chomp those things down for you know putting on the mass and then um you know supplements um just really good weight you know weight protein and um, you know, I take up like a, uh, optimum like pro gator. Now those are really good. And, uh, I mean, God, I just there's, just, there's just something about just awesome kick-ass pancakes. Um, I, I, I put creatine mix in my pancakes before and, uh, Sweet. I know everyone's going to laugh and be like, you know, that's, that, that tastes gross, but you, honestly, like you can't even really taste it. No. Um, right. So, right. uh, but, uh, yeah, those are, those are probably the, the top things and, and really good, like gourmet pizza. Those are, that's yeah. the bomb too. Um, so, uh, um, steak. Yeah, that, that sounds like
0: yeah. Yeah. basically
1: any food.
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always, I'll even tell collegiate athletes. You know, they're, they try to eat if they're trying to eat too clean. I'm like, pizza is one of the best recovery and weight mm-hmm. gain foods you can think of. You know, it's got protein, carbs, and fats. There's a little bit of sodium to put back in your body. It tastes good because I'm sure all of us could easily wipe out at least a large pizza. Okay. You know, you just annihilate it. And I like what you said too, John, about big burgers. That's just so appealing to me. There's just no way I could be a vegetarian. There's just no oh, way, yeah. and I know no beef way. isn't as sustainable. We've talked about that on the show before. You know, future generations are going to be paying through the nose for the beef. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, for Christ's sake, Phil, you live in Kansas. There's probably plenty uh, of cows out there. I, don't
1: I got cows right across the street from me. There you go. So, Jeez, um, we weight loss. Or people are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm like a huge fan of salads. Um, yeah, I love a good salad, and you can. You can make a good meal that's not that's that's not overly abundant in calories off a freaking good salad. Yeah. Um, I actually get to missing them when I'm in like a stage when I'm gaining weight because they just they're so bulky isn't that funny that oh, I yes. just can't waste my calories on them. But and I'll start missing it's like man, I just need a good salad. Like no more brownies, yeah. bring me
2: a
0: salad. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, you know, when I'm putting on weight for a contest. I, I don't really do a lot of the heavy desserts and stuff. But because we're just because of the more quantity of food that we consume, there there's several times. Um, typically, I try to do on a, on a once a week basis, and I know that's just pretty pretty awful. But uh, I I like the salads too. I don't eat enough of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but but prepping for like you know a contest, I. I would like to go like the, the sweet tomatoes here, like it's just a big, huge salad buffet, you know, and just have that for like your meal. And it's just, yeah. it, it, it's it's actually refreshing, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. As long as there's meat, I got to have meat on my salads. Oh, yeah. I have a hard time yeah, yeah, with just yeah. the vegetable. I like different kinds, you know, lots of colorful veg, not just iceberg lettuce, you know. But yeah, grilled chicken. Um, even like an anti-pasta salad, you know, where you're just got cheeses and like salamis and that kind of stuff and turkey. And I don't know. I, maybe that's sort of cheating, but that's the kind of salad. A good Caesar salad, I can really appreciate that, yeah. you know. So, you know, we're talking about mass gain too or recovery stuff. I, I, I'm, the older I get, it's funny. You get more memories and your plans are a little start to change. So you, you have all these memories. I remember after I competed once, the first time I did the Mr. Midwest competition, I ate um, – my, my wife and I went over to Bob Evans. It was right next to our huh. restaurant in, or our, our hotel, and I annihilated – and I've never said this before on the show, I don't think, but I've got a thing even to this day because you know, you're know you so hungry. You're so depleted. Nothing tastes as good as when you're like that, and I got one of those chocolate silk like turtle pies. It was like a chocolate cream pie. Oh man, and like you said, John. Normally, I don't eat desserts. I'm just not really big on desserts, you know. Yeah. Oh damn, that stuff was. I still, I still. That's like a favorite for fat loss. Yeah, I like, I like the salads too. Um, For supplements and stuff for fat loss, uh, once Tim Patterson over at Biotest, he said, you know, he and I almost had a debate about do you have to have some type of stimulant in order to get truly ripped. Um, and I was trying to take the purest stance and no, you'd probably don't, but the older I get, the more I realize that kind of stuff can be very helpful. And I'm not telling other people to use, you know, any of these pre workouts or cutting agents and that kind of stuff, but they do, they rev your appetite or I'm sorry, they rev up your metabolism, they curb your appetite, stuff like that. Yep. So, I mean, for fat loss stuff, fish oils and that sort of thing, but for mass gain, um, I think I probably put it in the Iron Radio store, but I just love Champion Nutrition's heavy weight gainer, 900, or super heavy weight gainer, 1,200. That stuff is yeah, friggin' cake batter. Yeah. Yeah. cake batter. I see that, yeah. Absolute cake batter. It just tastes mm. so good. Uh, it's weird in that it's got some, like, beef protein and different sources. Like you said with the creatine, you'd think, well, God, how can you taste that? You know, the beef, that's gross. You don't taste that stuff. You know, yeah. it's, I don't know, it's so sweetened and everything, I guess, but. Okay, cool. Well, that's my list of favorite stuff. I know we've got some, you know, we could go into tunes or movies or all kinds of things like that. But just a couple of favorite things. Yeah. Until next time, everybody, thanks for joining us.
2: Absolutely. Thanks a lot.
0: Please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.